0: Thank you for joining us on Community Focus this morning, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. During the last year and a half, we've heard a lot about lung health, mainly because of COVID-19, which in its initial form pretty much just demolished the lungs. And during that time... Many people stopped going to doctors, stopped getting screenings for other diseases because we were all sort of under lockdown. For example, we spoke to you last month during Breast Cancer Awareness Month that mammograms had dropped about 80 percent. Well, with vaccines working so well to reduce transmission and minimize the effects of COVID, if someone does get it, We do want to focus on the other big threat to lungs. November is Lung Cancer Awareness Month, and it is a pleasure to welcome Dr. Dennis Tishko, Director of Thoracic Oncology at Broward Health Physicians Group. Thank you for talking to us today, Dr. Tishko.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Ellen. And I think you're exactly right that COVID being such a huge problem as it is has really overshadowed and unfortunately really kind of changed uh, some of the momentum that we need to have when we're thinking about lungs and cancers and screenings across the board. So I think you're exactly right on the money there.
0: What happens when lung cancer and COVID collide in one person?
1: Well, you know, it really depends on which came first. The COVID is an acute infectious illness that needs to be treated first. Okay. But unfortunately, what's happened with COVID is it's really taken center stage for lung problems and people are more interested in COVID than lung cancer or lung cancer screening. And that's led to some very unfortunate delays, which hopefully we can we can try to remedy, especially November being Lung Cancer Awareness Month.
0: Have you run into the same situation as we talked about with breast cancer where people stopped coming for screenings?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and patients who have known lung cancer are delaying treatment, which is just a catastrophically bad idea. So COVID, unfortunately, has really radically changed people's perception of relative risk. Wow. In other words, you should be much more concerned about a lung cancer delay diagnosis than COVID. And those are issues that are very tough to deal with once they hit the mainstream.
0: Where do we stand now in 2021 in terms of if you can catch lung cancer early enough, what is the survival rate?
1: This is probably one of the most surprising things for people to know, and even for many doctors to know, that caught early, in its earliest stages, lung cancer can be curable in 95 to 100 percent of cases. There are studies study after study in some cases show 100% survival when it's caught early. So the nature of screening and really the word early is critical is absolutely important. You need to be suspicious and you need to be very direct and not waste any time with this diagnosis. So survival is much better than most people think when it's caught early.
0: Yeah, I mean, really, I had the 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 phrase "death sentence" in my head until you just told me about that amazing survival rate. What would someone look for or notice in terms of symptoms that would make them go for a screening?
1: Well, this is where things get tricky because lung cancer most often has no symptoms. You know, if you have breast cancer, you may feel a lump. If you have colon cancer, you may see some blood. Lung cancer is most often silent. People can have very large lung cancers and be completely well, have no suspicion that anything's going Mm. on. And what that means is the screening is that much more critical because there's nothing else to go on. So we would really like people to be aware of the fact that screening for lung cancer exists, number one, that there is a test. And number two, that that test is remarkably effective at catching it early. So those are two things that we really want to get the message out, that lung cancer screening exists and that it works and it's remarkably effective.
0: Who should be screened if there are no symptoms? Does it come down to family genetics, uh, smoking history? What are the factors that are involved in putting someone at risk for lung cancer?
1: Well, when we're looking at screening, we're talking about screening smokers. So if you are not a smoker, if you didn't used to be a smoker, you are not going to be in the pool for screening. We are screening smokers only from the ages of 50 to 80. And the criteria that we use are if you've smoked for 20 pack years, what that means is if you've smoked a pack a day for 20 years or half a pack a day for 40 years, those are criteria that we're interested in. Or if you quit smoking, less than 15 years ago. So over 50, 20 pack years and quit less than 15 years ago.
0: Is secondhand smoke still a factor? I have a friend who had COVID and went to get checked and the doctor told her that he could tell she had grown up in a home with a smoker, which was her mother, because there was a little bit of a decline in ability in her her lung function and she never smoked herself.
1: Secondhand smoke is a factor, but it is nowhere near the magnitude of the problem that primary smoking, a a person who's smoking themselves is. So yes, secondhand smoke is a factor, but it is not even significant enough to be in the pool for who we're screening. We know children of smokers are much more likely to have lung problems. We know children of smokers are much more likely to have asthma. So secondhand smoke clearly has an effect, but it doesn't rise to the level of screening everybody who's had secondhand exposure.
0: Okay. So again, we're looking at smokers from 50 to 80 with the equivalent of one pack a day for 20 years, or like you said, half a pack for 40 years, or who quit smoking more recently than 15 years ago.
1: That's exactly it.
0: What is involved in a lung cancer screening?
1: Lung cancer screening is a CT scan. So, people have heard of CAT scans or CT scans, and that's what this is. It's a very fast test, it's a high speed CT scan. And when I say high speed, it's four seconds. Wow. Literally, the scan time is four seconds. We do not use contrast, so there's no IV, there's no danger of some sort of foreign material, there's no pain. I tell patients it's going to take them longer to get on the table and off the table than they will be on the table.
0: It just makes me think of, yeah, it's like going through TSA when they have that screening thing and it goes through and it's three seconds, same thing, you're in, you're out, you're done. Um, Exactly. Of course, with a lung cancer screening, obviously you're going to have to wait for results. How quickly can they read what you see when you're doing the screening?
1: Well, it depends on, you know, where you have it done and when, but I mean, the screening can be usually interpreted within a day or two for sure.
0: Okay. And how does someone go about getting a screening if they fit into that category of smokers from 50 to 80 who have smoked the equivalent of a pack a day for 20 years? Do they need to get a referral? Can they come directly to Broward Health Physicians Group and request to see you? What's the process?
1: Uh, There are a lot of different avenues, and thank goodness for that. We want to make it as easy as possible. Certainly, they could come to Broward. I could see them. They could see our lung cancer screening crew. We have a lung cancer screening hotline. Or they could go to their primary care doctor. It's important for people to know also that this screening is covered in virtually every insurance, and it's certainly covered with Medicare and Medicaid. First-dollar coverage, which means this screening, should not cost you anything under Medicare or Medicaid. So it should be covered if you meet the criteria with virtually any insurance. If you don't have insurance or you don't want to use your insurance, Broward offers a $99 screening. Wow. So four seconds and $99 to save a life. I would consider that the best bargain out
0: there. Yeah, seriously. Now, let's say someone comes in and they test clean, but they're still smoking. Should they continue to get tested on a regular basis?
1: Yes. And one of the things that we want to make sure people understand is the screening is once a year for the rest of the... Well, once a year until they're age 80.
0: Okay. So this
1: is not a one-time thing. This is once a year until you're 80. That's how we're going to catch this before we have significant problems.
0: Okay. Again, the earlier you catch it, the easier it is. Uh, Do you go in and can you remove it with a biopsy? Do you have to cut someone open when it's early, early stage?
1: Early stage generally means small. Small means some of the minimally invasive techniques can be used. Everything depends on the anatomy. Where is the spot? Where is the cancer? What's it next to? How large is it? That would determine a lot of the mechanics of the surgery, but certainly... The smaller the cancer, the smaller the surgery to get it out. And with surgery, you want to make sure that you're getting a good cancer operation. So it's not good enough to just carve the cancer out. You want to make sure that you get enough space around the cancer. You want to make sure that you look at the lymph nodes in the chest. So you really want to make sure that you have a proper cancer operation so that you can talk about the cancer in the most precise details possible. But generally, the smaller the cancer, the smaller the surgery.
0: Okay. So I don't even want to talk about, you know, second stage, third stage, advanced lung cancers because the real focus during Lung Cancer Awareness Month is to get people to get tested now, early, as quickly as possible if they fall into that smoking category. Is that still the main thing that causes lung cancer or is there a genetic involvement?
1: Well, the... The biggest problem with lung cancer that we know of is smoking, for sure. Okay. But there are still significant numbers of people who get lung cancer who've never smoked a day in their life, and it surprises people to find out that that's about 20% of the cases. So there are so many people with lung cancer, and we can talk about that number in a minute, but there are so many people with lung cancer that the portion of those people with lung cancer who've never smoked is very significant. So smoking is clearly the biggest issue, but there is still something going on that 20% of people with lung cancer have never smoked.
0: Hmm. And that
1: number appears to be rising for reasons we do not know.
0: Now, what about, and when we talk about smoking, we're talking about tobacco, cigarettes. Now we have medical marijuana and people are also vaping. Where are those things falling in as concerns for lung cancer?
1: Well, they're being watched very carefully. One of the things that we know for sure is lung cancer takes some time to develop, usually about 20 years. We haven't had legalized marijuana for 20 years. We haven't had vaping for 20 years. But we know that being around combustion, being around things that are burning, whether they're campfires, uh, blast furnaces and steel mills, or wood stoves in a house, being around combustion is bad and it is carcinogenic. So there's nothing that would make us think that burning marijuana or burning whatever's in a vaping machine would be any less carcinogenic. We just haven't had the time, we don't have the data, but common sense would say inhaling burning material, period, is a bad idea.
0: Okay, Uh, so something to consider if you have thought about seeking a medical marijuana prescription, it's important to know what the risks are, even if there are other medical benefits.
1: Absolutely. And I've never seen anybody smoke a cigarette like I've seen them smoke marijuana cigarettes. Nobody inhales a cigarette for 10 minutes like, right. like a marijuana cigarette. Right. So right. the it isn't simply the number of cigarettes or when or how, but the duration that that smoke is in the lungs that I think is going to be a significant problem down the road. So time will tell, but all the data suggests the same mechanisms are going to be in play.
0: Okay. Uh, If you fit into that category, again, smokers from 50 to 80, 20 years equivalent of a pack a day, you have got to start getting screened every single year, should be included in your health care coverage. How do they contact you? How does someone contact Broward Health or you directly, Dr. Tishko, if they would like to schedule a screening?
1: Well, they can contact my office uh, directly or they could use the lung cancer screening hotline number, which is 954-355-LUNG.
0: Okay, that's easy to remember. Nine five four three five lung And God forbid you should need further assistance. You know that you can call Dr. Dennis Tishko, Director of Thoracic Oncology at Broward Health Physicians Group. Is there anything else you want our audience to know?
1: I'd like to mention one thing that I think is also very critical. It's easy to sort of dismiss or not think about lung cancer and say, well, it's really not much of a problem. It doesn't affect me. I don't smoke. I don't want to think about it. But the magnitude of the problem with lung cancer is so much greater than most people think. It really bears some some emphasis here. Lung cancer in this country is killing more people than colon cancer and prostate cancer, and ovarian cancer, and sarcoma, and melanoma, all the childhood cancers put together, and all domestic violence combined. Oh my
0: goodness.
1: Lung cancer is a huge problem, the magnitude of which most people don't understand. We don't talk about it much. There's not very much sex appeal with lung cancer. There are no movie stars having parties for it. There are no license plate covers for it. There are no marathons. But the magnitude of the problem is huge. We hear a lot about breast cancer. There are pink T-shirts all over the place. But in this country, women are more than twice as likely to die of lung cancer than breast cancer. (laughs) And men are more than twice as likely to die of lung cancer than prostate cancer. Wow. 40% of lung cancer is caught in the advanced stages. Uh, 40% around the country. Guess what it is in South Florida? Oh, no. 65%. We are doing worse than Mississippi. In a part of the country where there are more billionaires per square mile than any, where there are yachts bigger than some states, 65% of the cancer is caught late. So we really need to be upping our game. So the magnitude of the problem, it is such a big issue that we really need to get voices louder and clearer and people thinking about this. Even if people say, I don't smoke, I'm not thinking about this, chances are they know somebody who did, or they're related to somebody who did, or they love somebody who did, And getting the message out that there's an effective screening tool for this massive problem can only help. So if we can make people aware of the problem and the alternatives for approaching it, I think we'll be in a much better position.
0: All right. So that lung cancer hotline, again, where you can call and get a screening, is 954-355-LUNG. And I would add that the next step would be if you are a smoker, quit smoking. This month is normally the Great American Smokeout, and there have been great anti-tobacco efforts and campaigns, and one of the most effective, I have to say, is the ad that shows the person speaking through the voice box, and a young person Because of what happened as a result of smoking. So quit smoking as soon as you can. Call the Tobacco Free Florida Hotline, 877 U CAN NOW, or visit their website, tobaccofreeflorida.com. And you can also get support at the national hotline, 1 800 QUIT NOW, or go to quit.com. They will help you and If, worst case scenario, you fall into that category of at-risk people, schedule a screening and do it every year. The Lung Cancer Screening Hotline, 954-355-LUNG. Dr. Tishko, your knowledge is just phenomenal. I thank you so much for taking time to talk to us and also being part of the Broward Health community and helping our neighbors and loved ones to take care of themselves as best possible.
1: Well, thank you so much for inviting me.
0: Absolutely a pleasure. Now, for our next segment, with Thanksgiving past, it is officially the season of giving, and Cox Media Group is very excited to, again, support the Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County with the Donnell Bennett Holiday Fun Drive. Now, you know the name, a former Miami Hurricane, a professional football player, and a graduate of the Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward, now a board member. Donnell, thank you for talking to us today.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: I got to ask you, how did you go and what was your journey like from a club kid to a professional football player to being on the board of Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward?
2: (laughs) A little bit of luck luck in there somewhere. But uh, no, it was just um, as a kid growing up, um, going to the Boys and Girls Club on a regular and the things that they taught us help solidify what my parents were teaching me, the teachers and everything. Like I was getting it from every area of my life and it's just impacted me so much that now for me to have an opportunity to help another kid that may be coming up through that has an opportunity to be the next NFL player, the president or whatever you want to have it. I want to take advantage of that. Um, And just going from the streets of Pompano, I call it, and, traveling to different places in the nfl all those principles all those things as a youth that i learned running through the boys and girls well, not running because they didn't let them run <laughs> going through the boys and girls club are things that i still use to this day so
0: what can you be specific what are some of those life skills uh or values that you learned that have well, taken you this far
2: you know, one of the biggest things is the team concept, you know, uh, sitting down on the benches, waiting to play the various games like shooting pool or, or foosball or bumper pool or whatever it was. You know, we had some chairs there. You had to sit there. You had to wait your turn. You know, you couldn't skip. Once you got a chance to play, there were rules. You couldn't change the rules if, if it was a discrepancy between something that happened. One of the moderators would come over and they would do what's fair for both parties. It wouldn't be any favoritism or any of that stuff. And that's what life is. Life is about us being a team in every aspect. Even you and I together, we're partnering, we're becoming a team to help accomplish something. So that concept in itself is really something that really stuck with me. And as a professional, that's what we call a pro is you're being the best person you can be at your job so we can collectively win.
0: I love it. One of the other things that I've always noticed when I've gone to the clubs and talked to the kids is one of the most important things they instill in addition to being a team player is hope. They give them hope and the belief that they can do anything they choose to do.
2: Definitely. And we we call it expectations, what you expect to happen. Now, it doesn't always happen in the form that we want it to, But if you're expecting greatness, you're going to push yourself farther than you intentionally meant to go in the first place. So, you know, that concept, what you said, is is something that's huge, too, because we don't really pay attention to it, but we most of the time get what we expect.
0: Isn't that so true? And You're right, whether it's good or bad. Um, Yes, ma'am. And so we're expecting to make this a very special holiday season for 200 at least 200 of the club kids. And I'd like to see that we can raise the money to do even more. And this came about because this is, you know, this has always been your favorite season. My understanding is, what is it about the holiday season that speaks to you personally?
2: Well, it's, in my opinion, a time when most people put all the differences aside and most people, you know, go out and try to be as kind as we possibly can to each other. You know, sometimes it's in hope that we get, special Christmas gifts or or whatever the case may be. But most of the time it's just in general that people are very more kind to each other and all that stuff. And that's why I get excited about it because I I love people. I'm a people person, man. I love to see people become successful. We love to serve. We love to help in any capacity that we can. And we love to help build people. And um, we're excited about it. And that's why we call it the best season yet.
0: I love it and I can't wait to see you going shopping with some of the kids. The the plan for our listeners is we're looking to raise at least $40,000 and what that will do is give us $200 per child, for 200 kids to go on shopping sprees at their choice, JCPenney, Ross, Kohl's, or Walmart. And each of the kids will be accompanied by uh, Donnell, one of your co-football players from the NFL Players Association, someone from Cox Media Group. And again, we want to mention it's not a toy drive. It's an actual fundraiser so that the kids can choose their own goodies. Where'd you come up with this idea?
2: Well, we've been doing the toy drive for several years now. Um, At first, it was a 24-hour toy drive where I would sit out for 24 hours and collect toys and very successful. And we made a lot of kids Christmas grander. And then after COVID, of course, we had to get creative. And uh, Kareem, I got to give him credit. He helped spearhead the the mastermind behind doing it. And uh, we just all worked together to try to figure out a great way to, to make some kids happy. And this was the most formidable way. And we think that it's going to be, you know, COVID friendly, if you would have it, if that's the right term yeah. to make sure that, you know, we're not too much together. But at, at least if we're in an open space, the kids can go out and do their shopping with their parent and whatever. And we'll be there. Me and my buddies from the NFLPA. And, you know, we'll be able to sign some autographs and greet some kids and help them do some shopping, but as less contact as we possibly can because we do want to be adhering to the rules and regulations.
0: Okay. So the intended shopping date is December 18th, and we have from now through the 16th to make donations and to encourage, of course, our listeners to make donations. There's a special website set up. You can go through our website. And the fundraising link is bgcbc.org slash best season. So there's plenty of time to make donations. And I know they're also looking at getting corporate matching dollars. Last time we did something like this was last year, and we had always done, like you said, the in-person fundraisers, and because of COVID, we switched to a strictly digital fundraising effort, and we had matching donations from FPL and Office Depot and on and on, and it made a huge difference. So every dollar makes a difference, and we are urging all of our listeners to go to that website, bgcbc.org slash or find the link on our website. What would you wanna say to people to encourage them to help out and make a difference in a child's life?
2: Well, I mean, it's simple. Um, In this day and age, in this time that we're going through now, there is a lot of adversity and turmoil and and things or, or uneasiness, if you would have it. But one thing that's constant is that there's still a lot of people around. And one thing that I know is that when things get tough, when we pull together as a community, when we pull together as a team, you know, we can accomplish anything that we want to. There's no selfishness in what we're doing. We're not trying to target any one nationality or or group of people. We're trying to be encompassing of every individual that we can possibly help. And if you can be a part of it, just, you know, serve in the way that you feel that you can serve. I mean, Everybody may not be able to monetarily be able to do things, but I'm sure, you know, the gestures or the kindness, all those things play a part in it, and we're we're asking for everything.
0: I love it. And I can see why you make such a difference when you go and speak to the club kids and give them these inspirational messages. And as someone who I'm sure they look up to as a hero, oh my gosh, an NFL player, you know, it, it really is impactful for them. So, Thank you for your time. You know, it's so great when someone gives back, and I appreciate it. I know the club kids appreciate it, and their families, you know, when they've got a kid that they couldn't afford to give those kinds of gifts to, and now they've got a $200 shopping spree. It can really make a difference in a kid's life in the long term by just that little act of kindness. So you're spearheading something very special, and I can't thank you enough.
2: And, and we also like to say thank you as well for taking the time out of your schedule. Um, I'm sure you have plenty of things that you can be doing and, and your words of inspiration, your words of encouragement, the things that you, you give listeners and, and everybody that's paying attention to what's going on in life, hope and admiration and aspirations to go on and do bigger and better things. So we definitely want to say thank you to you as well.
0: Well, we are a team effort.
2: Hey, listen, it takes a village And you are part of the village, so you're as as significant as All
0: right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And again, please go to our website. Look for the link. It's the Boys and Girls Clubs of Broward County. Donnell Bennett's best season holiday fun drive. Donnell, you are a treasure to us in South Florida. Thank you for your time.
2: Thank you very much and have a great day.
0: And same to you. And thank you for listening this morning to Community Focus. If you missed anything, want to hear it again, you will find it as a podcast on our website beginning tomorrow. And join us again next Sunday for an all-new edition of Community Focus.